FM, this is the Radio Apprentice. You're welcome back to our Radio Live podcast. At the moment, right now, uh, like I told you all, I was going to bring uh, our French-speaking friend. Um, she's been intimidating me for the past few days since we started talking on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I, I want her to come and explain herself. Okay, you, you. Okay, you're laughing. Okay, uh, let's let's give you the floor. <laughs> Start by introducing yourself. Try not to use French. Oh, okay. I well, it's not like I know so much French, anyways. Hi, my name is Lulu. I am Lulu Manuel. I call myself the Daily Dose of Fantastic Vibes. Yeah, kinda. I'm a radio presenter with Kisafama Buja. Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. now that's show off. <laughs> how was that show? Now that's show off. I, I'm, I'm sorry. How? I'm being, I'm being humble right now. You feel humbled, like you had to go all the way, all the way down. Okay, 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 it's fine. Um, Lulu, tell us, um, okay, give us as much information about you as you want, as you would wish to share. Okay, so, like you said, my name is Lulu. Um, I'm a radio host. Um, I'm from Abia State. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting. But I think I think I'm more um, Hausa because my mom is from Kaduna State and I grew up in Abuja okay. and around my Hausa relatives. So I'm more Hausa than Igbo. Um, yeah, I'm a graduate of international relations from Ambrose Ali University, mm-hmm. Ekoma, Edo State, Nigeria. Favorite color is black. Mm. Favorite food Wait. is... Yeah? Favorite color is black. Yes. Continue. We're getting there. <laughs> Favorite food is I can't pick between noodles and fried yam, so it's like both, both of them together. Okay. Yeah, I'm a fit fab lover. Somehow, I just started my journey. I've always been fit, but I just decided to you know, um, literally go to the gym now every day. So yeah, brain muscles and learning self defense also. Wait. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. If you say you're going to learn self-defense, that's different. But you're saying you're going to the gym. Do you want to vanish? No! I don't know why you guys feel like every time somebody says they're going to the gym, it's because, you know, they want to lose weight. For me, it's not even about losing weight. Yes, I want to lose weight because in recent times, I've been adding some weight that I don't understand. Where is the but weight? I, I, can, I can literally see, I can literally see <laughs> collection of photographs that you have. Where is yeah. the weight? Where is it? It's there. It's there somewhere. What, what part of your body? Is it in front or behind? I think it's like my stomach. It was it was just protruding at some point and I was beginning to become ashamed of it. So I was like, nah, fam, you have to hit the gym. You have to hit the gym. You, but you can so just yeah, do sit ups every I, morning. Yeah, that's the thing. I will not be motivated by myself. Plus, I also wanted to work on some other things. So that's why I just, like, you know what, girl? Just on, on some other things, e.g.? E.g. turning my legs, posture. Oh. Oh. I'm not going to say ass because I know that's what you want to hear. But it's good. Yeah, you just mentioned ass without saying ass, ass. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's a big project, though. And I, I like the fact that you're going natural with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not easy. But there are days that I feel like, shouldn't you just go to the hospital and get this done and over with? What? What? Once more off. Because the pain, literally, you know how they tell you that um, when you gym for like a couple of weeks, um, everything, your body adjusts to it and everything becomes normal. You don't feel the pain again. That's like a very huge lie. It's because we, every 
new thing I try to do at the gym. My body literally hurts. So I'm literally now like my, my walking step has changed because I'm always limping because my body hurts. For how long have you been going to the gym? Uh, for a month now. For a month? Yeah. Only a month. Every and you're complaining about um, feeling hurt. Bro, do you know what a month is? <laughs> a month of waking up every morning by 6 a.m. to go to the gym. Sometimes twice a day. Sometimes I, when I don't have to go to school, um, I go like morning and evening. So, yeah. But it's practical that your body is not yet used to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. I think so. But, but after one month now, you should be used to it. Like, if you, I, I think like scientists say that if you do something for 20 days in a row, you should be used to it. So, why, why can't my body be used to the workouts after like almost 30 days or more? Well, because your mind is there, and the way you talk about it now is making it more difficult for your body to get to adjust properly to your gym yeah. routine. So maybe yeah, you have to give it another ninety days. Hmm. Okay. Well, I just hope in the middle of that ninety days, I don't change my mind and do life with suction or something. <laughs> okay. Now, you, can you tell me um, what are the things you like to do? Um. Not too many things. Um, I like to be alone. Yes. I, I like to think that I'm an introvert. I'm actually one of those introverts that you think is an extrovert, right? Mm. But I'm actually an introvert. I like my space so much. Like, I literally can just be locked in a room for days and not come out because I like to be alone. Also, I like to learn new things. I like to meet people, which is weird because I like to be alone and I also like to meet people. Oh. I just... I just I just wish that people know the boundaries between when I'm being an extrovert and when I'm being an introvert. It's a very weird situation, but yeah, that's how I am. Now, if I may ask, is there a word to define someone who is in between being an introvert and an extrovert? There is actually a word, but can I even remember that right now? Um, introvert, extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Go on, we're listening. Yeah, so... I'm trying to check what that word is. Um, okay. Yes, it's ambivert. Remember it now. Well, that's so much English. That's quite so much English. Yeah. But how Just can say you... intro, intro. Intro, intro. So how can you stay in between? What What do you do to manage the both places? Like you're, you have dual personalities right now. You're both an introvert yeah. and an extrovert. How do you manage the both of them? So basically, I know that when I'm being outro, um, or an extrovert rather. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm basically being me as a Lulu who is the broadcast journalist, right? Because okay. so whenever I'm extra, I know that I'm in my broadcast journalist moment. That's when I'm on air or getting to meet people or running interviews on the street. But when I'm an introvert, I know that, okay, this is me being my natural self. But I mean, even for you, who's like a radio person, so you'd have that moment to where you just want to be yourself, but then the show must go on, so you have to be an extrovert. So I think I just mastered um, work so much that I might be like, literally, before I turn on the mic, I'm all, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Oh my God, can everybody get out? And I turn on the mic, I'm like, yo, what's good? It's your girl, Jigget. Mm -hmm. So I just learned that, I just learned to master my mind that, oh, you have to, this is the moment where you have to be an extrovert. This is the moment where you have to be all over the place. And it works. How do you what what do you do when you're alone? Because you said uh, you added being alone as one of the things you like to do. 
So what do you actually yeah. do when you're alone? So I listen to jazz music. Jazz. Um yes, jazz. Oh, that's more there's more and to it. <laughs> and alternate music. Um and I write. I write a lot. Um I used to be at one point in my life I used to be a writer and spoken word poet. But okay. somehow that kind of just phased off at some point. Hmm. But yeah, so I write a lot and I, I literally talk to myself and get out of like this world and go to my future. I do that a lot. I literally just envision me in my in my future and just stay there for a little bit. So every time most of the times when I'm alone, that's what's going on with me. Oh wow. That's quite huge, you know. Yeah. Now, talking about you being a spoken word poet, uh, don't you think you need to bring back that person in you? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it like a couple of minutes ago, to be honest. And I was like, maybe I, sh I should do that because um, I was talking to a friend who was going through something and it kind of reminded me of when I was going through that kind of thing. And I started having like inspiration to write again. And okay. I scribbled like something down. And I was like, yo, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should start making like spoken word videos. Even if I don't go back on stage, um, just make spoken word videos, clips of it and put out on Instagram or my YouTube channel or something. Okay. So how long is it going to take you now to get started? I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm working on so many things at the same time. There's so many things going on with do, me do, right do, now. Do, so. do, you, do you need a PA? No, I don't. I'm somebody's PA too, so I don't. Please need a PA. <laughs> Please need a PA. A PA is PA. Oh, no. So how has a PA going to have a PA? Yeah, a PA can have a PA because a PA would help solve the problem of a PA. So when your boss gives you a job, you give it to, you, to your own PA. And then you solve the ones that you can solve. So you can have enough time to do what you're doing. What do you when think? When I have bigger, more professional problems, I'm going to have a PA. But you, already, really but you already have more professional problems because being alone is a professional problem. Being a poet is a professional problem. Being a writer is a professional poem. The fact that you listen to jazz and alternate music is already a professional problem like this thing this whole, how is that a professional problem this whole activity listening to jazz you guys always make me feel like i'm weird listening to jazz music but i'm like yo i love that's that's, that's i love jazz that's yeah that's like music for big people uh -huh. I mean, now we are talking. You see, see why I said? You see why I said you need a PA. You know, you you see that's why I said even your jazz is a problem. Uh, it's a big, it's a professional problem. And all you see, your jazz is for big people. You know, even when you go for I, jazz I, on my mind, you pay a lot of money for ticket, and I'm sure that you go that all the time. You know, you're you're a boss. You know, so when we, <laughs> when we look into that, that's why I'm saying like. You probably need a PA. It, it doesn't really matter. I can apply, you know, just, I can apply. Hmm. What do you think? No, they whine me. Ah. My dear brother, no, they whine me. <laughs> on, on top, on top, let me apply. No, they, uh, you if you, uh, I beg, I beg, no, we not just, they cast our linen in public. Because... This, this, <laughs> the salary doesn't have to be much <laughs> now. It's not like it doesn't have to be much, you know. I know, you know. You, you say you collect, say you collect, you collect cheesebo a salary. Cheesebo, if it's coming from, if it's coming from your heart and your conscience permits it, I'll take. Okay, cheesebo it is then. You oh. like pineapple flavor? Ah, okay. Ah, funny enough, I don't even take zobo. But jazz music, jazz music is actually nice. Um, 
I like that. I like that a lot. And then whenever we have jazz on my mind as a show in this part of in Port Harcourt, uh, it's usually yeah. fun. And then, yeah, alternate music is the one I know I don't listen to. So if we're trying to tilt towards the mango. Huh? Are you serious? You don't listen to alternate? I, I really figured you as an alternate guy somehow. Oh, I don't no. know, somewhere in my head. Please uh, give me one song from the alternate. Let me know I mean, exactly if I know what I'm saying. I mean, if you listen to Johnny Drill, that's like you listening to alternate music. If you listen ah. to um, Frank Walker, that's you listening to alternate sound. No, if you I, listen to Rick Hassan, no, that's like you listening to I refer sound. to those, you see my problem with genres, I refer to those as uh, either R&B and I try to crown them all under slow music if I cannot get their genre right. Sometimes I listen to slow pop or pop, you see, you see my problem, I try to call it pop and at the same time I want to add slow to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my... I, I love old school more. Mm. I, yeah. Old school. The likes of ABBA, the likes of uh, Michael Bolton, the likes of uh, uh, Teddy Pendergrass. You get bored when you listen, when you when you actually feature on my real playlist. And then before yeah, we start coming to the modern life. I have like the weirdest um, playlist ever. I used to be a music person too at one point. So for me, listening to music is more than just listening to the beats. I mean, that that goes too. But more than that, it's me listening to the lyrics of the song. It's me listening to dynamics. It's me listening to riffs and runs. It's me listening to staccatos, listening to professionalism in music. Right? So if he has it, then I'm going to listen to it, basically. And I, when I listen to music, I want to hear the soul of the person in it. I don't want it to be shallow. That's why I have like issues with like Niger- some Nigerian music these days. I just feel like, yes, you have good beats. It's, I'm a piano. It's vibey. I can dance to it at the club. But how much of your soul do I feel inside this music? Mm. And I can tell because I'm an artist, right? And for an artist, more about their more than you know whatever they do whatever it's painting whether it's writing it's a soul that we want to see the soul of an artist is the artist so if i'm not seeing soul in your work then i'm sorry i'm not seeing anything do you get me yeah i do yes now with with your writing skill let's tilt towards your writing a little bit because um these are things i'm quite interested in though um i'll really be selfish with with the audience uh if you permit me uh, I'm, I'm speaking everyone's mind right now. Well, we're not switching to French yet, okay? No, when not it, yet. <laughs> exactly. Just, just laugh. My moment is coming, okay? You see that moment <laughs> is coming. Uh, when it comes to your writing, what do you really write about? What's your genre? Um, so, quite a lot of people refer to me as a sad writer. Oh. I don't know what that means, but I don't think that's even like a real genre of, you know, writing, but most people refer to me as a sad writer. So even if there's no pain, like literally around me, um, for most part of my writing, you'd see pain in it. So I think I'm that kind of person. So you basically write about pain, someone being hurt, heartbreak. Not not just heartbreak. I mean, so it, it it transcends from you know you being heartbroken to you seeing the light, you know. But it it just has some elements of heartbreak or sadness, 
or depression because at some point in my life um that was my reality right um i was depressed i was sad so and that was the point where i actually realized that i could write so if i'm not as at that time if i wasn't writing about like sad things i was writing about christ but now i think i just literally write about christ more than i write about anything basically so so you're yeah you're busy writing your own side of the story um your own side of lamentations that's so do, do, you play, <laughs> do you play character because i wouldn't say that everything you write about is based on experience do you play character sometimes yeah i do actually and it has gotten me into trouble with quite a lot of people like um for you and i for example i could just be in one, one of those moments where i want to be alone and it just comes to my mind and i literally play out an entire scene Okay. And then in real life, when I come out, I'm acting based on the emotions that I felt acting out that scene in my head. Okay. You get me? So, mm. if I'm, like, so I do that a lot. I'm always in my head somehow. So I feel like it affects my reality, so to say. No, oh, that's something you can shake off, though. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we already have a show going on. It's called Book Talk. Do you have a published book or you, you have a lot of draft? Um no i don't i the the one the book i uh, was drafting at some point i don't even know where that is mm-hmm. i mean when i said when i said radio i just literally um threw everything else away basically and focused on radio so you're a casual writer mm-hmm. you just write that the spirit leads huh yeah basically oh, okay so i know that the only reason why you remember a spoken word poetry uh, is because you probably have heard you you listen to it all the time or once in a while and you feel like okay this is something I used to do and I feel like I feel like I'm I can do better. Um, do you think you, you yeah, can start yeah. anytime soon again? I, I think I will. I think I will start spoken word real soon. So I started something on my journal. Uh, it's titled um, "Letters to God." <laughs> okay. Like I journal a lot, so. Yeah, it's supposed to be like prayers. You know that time where, um, I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes as, you know, young Christians, you you just feel like you can't pray. <laughs> like, it's just hard. The words aren't coming out. So I, re- I decided to, you know, start scribbling to God. And, you know, you know, I just scribble. And it's supposed to be me talking about what's going on with me, but somehow it just ends up being poetry. So I think um, it gets to a point where this journal is developed that I put it out as a body of work because that's what it's looking like to me right now. Okay, uh, let me take you a little bit deep right now. In the area of um, broadcasting, I know it's something you do for fun. You enjoy it a lot, despite the fact that your life is now built around it. And um, yeah. from everything you've said, you've actually tried to leave a couple of things just so that you can accommodate your broadcasting skill much better i'm probably sure you want yeah. to improve more on it than ever now in terms mm-hmm. of looking at the broad picture okay uh, a lot of people are studying um, mass communication and all the other courses that's supposed to bring them towards the media what would you say to them having acquired a few experiences right there in the field um so right now if you are looking to be part of the media and you're already studying um journalism or mass communication that's a good thing sometimes some days i actually wish that you know that was actually what i studied in school but if you you already did not study that in school and you feel like you still want to be part of the media you can do it i mean i've met engineers who are oaps at the moment 
what you need to, what you need to have first of all is <laughs> i was gonna say passion but in this thing passion is not enough first of all you need to have talent and character in the long run in this industry that is going to keep you um, more than anything else talent and character i'm gonna even say character more because um thinking about the way that i ventured into broadcasting i'd say that you know i didn't even have the talent at that time okay. I, I still don't think that you know my talent in broadcasting is fully developed yet but i think that what literally brought me into the space properly was character okay. they saw that you know and I, now when i'm saying about character i'm not saying it in the nigeria says oh this guy has good character character as in basically everything they saw my drive which is part of character right work character they saw that you know i was willing to put in everything they saw that i was willing to sacrifice they saw that i was willing to be humble to learn you get me so yes but basic thing that you should have is like talent and character and of course that as good as that is it's not going to be the only thing that you need to survive in this industry you are also going to need to go through some kind of training because no matter how naturally skilled you are you still need to go through some kind of training for you to be good enough for like international standard international best practice do you get me mm. so yes character um talents and also training training but subject yourself to learning but from what you said but from what you said yeah. right now everything you've explained when it comes to trying to define character the only thing i sense there is passion I smell, hmm. I smell passion. You would have simply said, just be passionate about it and you'll be fine. <laughs> Baba, nah. See, bro. Um, and if you're listening to us, right, and you want to be like in the media and you're listening to him say passion now, passion is a good thing. I mean, passion will get you started. Passion was what literally got me quitting my business and started, right? But when the chips are down, when everything, because when you start a career, right? Sometimes, right? Not everything turns out the way that you want it to be. Okay. And when you get to that point, sometimes passion may not be enough. Mm-hmm. Some OAPs stay for like four, five, six years and don't get paid for it because they're doing free work. If you venture into broadcasting with just passion, it may not be able to you know, sustain you there. Right? But but let's so, be fair. Yeah. Let, let's be fair right now, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Let's say in a state, okay, you're in Abuja right now. You probably yes. have like five, six media houses. Let's say ten in total. And then you have in the university. We have twenty. We have twenty-three. Okay, you have twenty-three. Okay, fine. Yes, last time I counted. Okay, yeah. now what well, we know that uh, we just know the numbers that are quite active when it comes to uh, yeah. general conversations, and but then. You have a university there. Let's use the University of Abuja, mm-hmm. for example. For the, yeah. the, the department, you probably see that persons, people who are going to graduate from mass communication department, or uh, mm-hmm. you probably have like a thousand, okay? Uh, probably minimum yeah. or maximum a thousand people. And then um, you have a follow up as well. Maybe 400 level, a thousand, uh, mm-hmm. 300 level, a thousand, 200 level, 500. All these people are coming out to join the media houses. And you and I know that the media houses also, even if they suck everybody in their theme right now, you still won't yeah. be able to employ 10% of the number coming out yeah. of the school. 
You know that, yeah? Mm. So yeah. in this particular case right now, what would you say mm. to every other person? Because from what you've said, um, skill, um, talent, passion, okay? Passion takes you to a particular point, okay? It's fine. And then some sort of commitment. But you and I know that um, it's a difficult take if we, should, if we have to bring this survey in and say, um, let's sack everybody in this particular media house right now. Are we going to be able to mm. employ 10% of the people coming out of school? Or do we have something else to advise them to do or start up or something? Okay. Um, William, let me ask you. Did you study mass communication in school? No, I didn't. But you are in the field. Yes, I'm in the field and I'm driven by passion. Yeah. So basically, that's how it's going to be, right? In Nigeria today, it's not a good thing, right? But it's our reality in Nigeria. Most people don't get to do what they studied in school, right? So if you know that your passion is not going to, you know, drive you enough to be able to endure searching for jobs, doing free internships, working for free in media houses, then you probably should do something else. Because the truth is, quite a lot of people who actually study mass communication is because they didn't give them law or some other course. So they're like, oh, let me, oh well, I need to go to school either ways. Not because they actually want to be in the media space. Do you agree with me? But you also know that, okay, let's let's still calculate it this way. Let's assume that 1,000 students in mass communication final year department in a particular university, you have at least yeah. 10% or 15% of them are people who they just brought in there based on their cut of Mac. It wasn't really good. And they had to tell them, pick some other department or we can just drop you wherever we want. And let's say 15% out of the 1,000 mm -hmm. are the people, are the victims of that particular move, Okay. And then you and I also know that some people from some other departments will end up taking the space. So let's check out all the departments in that school and still extract 15% from the total number. These people are still going to be people that are going to come and stuffing up their chances of getting a job. For me, yeah. I would say that, okay, it's something I said earlier on, and I keep repeating myself all the time. And even when I do, even when I go visual on my podcast or any other time, I say this. How about mm. we speak podcasting into people who are right in school right now? Okay, you're, you're getting to school and you know for sure that you're in the media space. And yeah, you and I also know that it's amazing that the media, everyone who's in the media right now have the tool with them. Okay, the, the, the electrical guy does not really have the opportunity that a media person has now. The chemical guy, you don't have, he just needs to go to school and come back to get a job, okay, whether he likes it or not. But you and I know that if you tell someone who's studying mass communication, tell them, okay, as soon as you get into school or you get second level, start a podcast, start talking, start building your own audience, start getting used to uh, broadcasting and all, that it's going to be easier for them to get a job after. Don't you think that's way better advice? Yeah, that that is that actually totally works. I mean, podcast. There, there, there are several ways to you know penetrate into the media, right? And the media is not just for crying out loud. It's not just radio. It's not just TV. Podcasting, like you mentioned, right? So if the students, I feel like Nigerian universities, right, need to learn to teach departments or people in the departments how, how to, apart from getting a job, how to actually survive. Do you, get, do you get what I'm trying to say? How yeah. to actually survive? Like, for example, you mentioned podcasting. 
I don't think, you know, podcasting is taught in universities, or is it? It's been a long time. No, but it doesn't really right. have to be taught in universities. They get to hear about these things. Okay, the problem, I think that... But we, that's... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, but that if... if Now, we've seen that podcasting is a solution to a problem, problem of, you know, joblessness somehow. Do you agree with me? Right? I, I don't so, think it's no. a solution to joblessness, because if you... If you it, put it could podcasting, be. People... Hmm? no, go on, please. No, continue. You say you've seen people. I want. I love the experience. <laughs> no, don't worry. Go on. What you're saying? No, what I'm trying to say is, um, podcasting also is one difficult task. Okay, uh, because if you start podcasting with an idea to make something out of it, hmm, you're literally going to fail. Okay, you're really going to fail. Because people uh, get to get used to you talking, all right? And if you're now yeah. saying, okay, you want to start, because what people do right now is you start the podcast, you start sending links to your family members, your friends, and this and that. These, those are not your audience. And that alone can even yeah. make you fail. Hmm? And then it becomes worse yeah. when, as soon as you start get started, you automatically try to see how you can make money from it. In the next one month, you want to make money. In the next yeah. two months, you want to make money. You will not make anything. And and you know that when you set a goal that big and you're not seeing yourself get to that stage, you end up kicking off everything and going to do organic cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shade right there. That's a shade. It hurts me, okay? It hurts me a lot. <laughs> I've spoken to a couple of people. Um... I was talking to someone one day. I asked her, um, hey, what's up? Good. Okay, um, can we have a chat? Okay, I want to talk about my product. I said, fine. So we're discussing on how best to talk about your product. So I was saying that if you want to talk about your product, you have to put a story behind it. Okay? That way, someone who wants to buy it would actually feel the difference. Okay, for example, you're telling me about your jazz. Okay? The same way you tell someone, I listen to jazz. And then mm. someone tells you, put a story behind it. I'm going to say, oh, uh, when, I, when, I, when I listen to jazz, uh, I'm always testy. I try to drink water. When I take water, you know, I lay down on the bed. I get this kind of vibe that wants to put me off balance. Um, I feel it's all about the music, yeah? And then I tend to forget mm-hmm. that I'm going to have my bath because I just got back and all. And sometimes I forget to eat. Now you're putting a story behind jazz. Someone who is listening to you mm-hmm. talk about jazz for the first time will be like, wow, so this music can do these things. Like, it can make you forget that you're supposed to eat. It can make you uh, sleep off or something. They start believing that that is what jazz does. But someone else right. can be like, I listen to jazz and that's it. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I was now saying that if you're, if you're selling a product, it's possible that you can come out and say, apart from you coming to tell them what the product does, you can tell them the process it took you to make it. You can tell them how you came about it. You can probably say, oh, you woke up one morning with rashes. Uh, you thought about it. There was nothing to do. You tried some other products. It didn't really work. Uh, it didn't come to your mind yet to try and do something for yourself because, yeah, of course, you didn't study chemistry, so you're not sure about how to go about mixing things. That way, you're already answering their questions because some people want to ask you, come, did you study chemistry? Did you study biology? Is this what you're supposed to do? Now, mm. you're, answering the sto- you're answering from your stories. And you keep talking. Right. Okay. So we got to a point where I now asked, so um, what exactly do you study? And I heard mass communication. I said, wow. 
Okay, I said, is this something you were passionate about? I said, yeah, when I was younger, I, I always wanted to talk to people and all and all and all. But I graduated, uh, I tried to apply, apply, apply. There was no job and this and that. And I felt like, okay, maybe there's a way to change this thing. But you and I know that I believe that. Okay, let's say, for example, let's use this for instance. When you live where you're working right now, hmm? and apply to mm-hmm. work somewhere yeah. else. It's you know it's easier for you to get a job than someone who actually yes. got someone who actually got first class in mass communication now. Yes, that's so true. Now, why would it take you? Because of experience. And and I've been over time I probably have been able to prove myself that I'm able to like fit into the OAP post in another organization. And you already have your audience. Okay, there are people. Who, yeah, there are true. People who but what if I'm living to another city? Exactly, you're still carrying your audience. Okay, you're still carrying your audience. They know that you're carrying your audience. True. Yeah. So, if if for example you start your your study mass communication in school, let's use them for example because I'm not sure they're the only ones who really want to work within the media space. But let's use them for instance because that's probably one of the major environment. You study mass communication and you you want to end up in the media house, you're passionate about it. And I would say, how about you start something rather than just put a camera in front of you and shake your head and uh, bend your neck and all that thing you guys do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, don't, yeah. why don't you... Shade again. <laughs> why don't you start... Why don't you start talking? Like, why don't you start talking? And see... If um, today you can get one person listening to you, tomorrow you can have two people listen to you. Imagine you doing it consistently and over and over again. You're probably going to end up having like 20, 30 people, 40, 100 that listen to you. Okay. And then when, sure. you, when you graduate from school, now what you're bringing to the table is not your, your certificate. Because I don't think that is what any media house wants, actually. I think yeah. what they really want is, do you have the experience? If you don't have it, then it's a problem. But then you've been able to build yourself in a way that it is special to you. So now the question is, do you want me or not? I have my audience. I have my people. I'm already good. So I'm not coming as a liability to you. You're not going to train me or anything. So are you going to take me or not? Now you're proud because you know for sure that at least you're able to beat the rocks. But yeah, now you're saying you're far better than someone who just graduated from mass communication department with first class. You're going to get a job and they mm. won't. And you said experience, um, character. Is character involved? Yeah. Okay. So. I feel like character involved in every career path. Though. Not just media, everything. Especially because we live in Nigeria. Right? It's, it's very, very important. Okay. Now, tilting away from that place a little bit because we're going to go back. Okay? Um, you're still going to give them your word. Maybe you're going to do it in French. How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about broadcasting generally? How how do you feel when you do it? How do you feel when you're not doing it? What do you think about it? To be honest, I think it is a bitter sweet feeling, more sweet than bitter. But you know, when I was going to come into broadcasting, it was like my dream job, so I felt like oh there's never going to be any bad day. 
on this job i'm just gonna have fun living my dream life and all but it, it isn't always you know that way for every career that you choose you're gonna have difficulties right but generally overall i love what i do i'm happy that i'm doing this at this point in my life sometimes i wish like i was doing something bigger i mean i was bigger myself but right now I, i've gotten to appreciate that this is where i am right now this is the point where my story is it's gonna be better better later but yeah i just love it here now i'm just content and happy you stressed about your challenges, uh, the bittersweet. Now we would love to hear the bitter. Uh, what are the bitter feelings you get? Okay. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, first of all, radio was supposed to be like um, a terrestrial thing without the whole online shenanigans and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you come online and you're seeing like radio presenters who live in different cities, sometimes even different countries. And they feel like they have like really big things going on. And then somehow you just feel really small. And that moment, anything that you do or say, you just feel like you're doing rubbish, right? Mm. So you, you have a show and you want to go on air and you just feel like, what am I able to say? Like, better shut up. Did you get me? Yeah. So that happens over and over again and sometimes some days um i don't let that happen to me now because i know better but like a couple of months ago i literally just let um how small i feel shut me down and i literally just play music for the rest of my show and i feel sad you know but i've learned that you know for everybody there is a story and for every story there are stages right okay. so the stage that I, I am now might not look like you know where i want to be but it's a stage and the earlier i accept it and you know make myself better the faster i'm gonna leave that stage that's one bitterness another bitterness is when everybody is chilling at home on public holidays and you're literally in the office and you're like what <laughs> this is not what i signed for you get that's another bitter feeling or when you have to wake up around like 4 a.m to be at the office by 5 or six that's another bitter feeling or when you just feel like you don't know what you're doing you're not good enough i mean this happens for any other career but it happens to me so, often so in what area often does it happen to you is it in cause of you trying to coin your content is it you being prepared enough to carry on with the show effectively without uh, blocks or obstacles what's the actual no. uh, yeah I don't, for me, I don't think it has to do with content, right? Because, like, I can literally make, um, I think I have the ability to make conversations out of literally anything. And I think, I'd like to think, or from what people have said, that I'm engaging when I have conversations on radio. So it's not even um, content generation that is my problem that makes me feel that way. Sometimes you just see these OAPs bagging um, endorsements, really big endorsements, and you're chilling with the big boys. You know, and you feel like, God, when is it going to be me doing this? When am I going to be up there? Today, um, it's the AMVCAs, and I saw a couple of OAPs, like, there, and I'm like, oh, very soon. But then again, I try to remind myself that, Lulu, it hasn't been long since you started this thing, and I think that you're doing well for, like, the length of time that you've been on this space, basically. So do you think that you starting a podcast uh, would be uh, stress stretching you further? 
I've actually thought about it before. Um, but the thing is, I'm, I'm doing so many things at the same time right now. So I don't even think that now is going to be a good time to start a podcast. I started a YouTube channel like a month ago. Okay. So oh, I've that's been nice. working. Um, yeah, I've been working intensively on content. You know, I, I want to leave for like a week. So I just literally shot and shot and shot content. Right. I'm also going to school. I'm also doing TV past times so there's, there's literally so much to do right now i don't think i'll be able to accommodate a podcast meanwhile um it's also in the works for um me and another abuja based video presenter we're starting a podcast but it's not going to be me running it so i don't think i'm going to feel the pressure as much as when it's just going to be my own feed well, basically well you already have a youtube channel we also turn towards the visual podcast and now today i had to practice quite yeah. a lot because uh, i've been keeping myself away from visuals but i realized that today uh, i had to stay in front of a camera for longer than for longer than i'm used to that's me trying to get used to um visuals where because uh facebook sent us a message sometime last week uh because uh yeah our, our podcast link is actually synchronized with facebook so whenever we upload a podcast we get this link okay that comes out on facebook showing that there's a new podcast so Facebook said, oh, right. we're, going to scrap, we're going to scrap that particular function. It won't be functional again from first week of June um, because we realized that a lot of people are now doing their podcasts on uh, Reels, with Reels and uh, Facebook visual posts. So, yeah, we can all go over there and do a podcast. And also you hear that Spotify now has provision for visual podcasting, like you can watch your podcast now. And so I, I think that podcasting is leaving the audio version or the audio version is literally going to uh, go down really bad because everyone is going visual. So yeah, you already have a YouTube channel, so you can actually put it up out there. What do you think? Um, I feel like yeah. you going all the time to seek content, um, probably you have a lot of work to do there, but maybe if you use one content, stretch it, get a lot of people in it, um, talk to people, make it, make a survey with it, probably build conversations with it. You're very good with it, with that, sorry. Uh, that can help. What, what do you think? Yeah, that's a really good idea I should look into. That's something. Hmm. Giving you nugget for free now. You're going to teach me French. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll teach you. I know, I know can, very little French. Can you give us a few words in your French? Um, okay. Um, je vous présenter mm. moi je m'appelle Lulu um, <laughs> why must that sound <laughs> je m'appelle je suis uh, étudiante de français à l'institut de français à Abuja au Nigeria um, j'aime beaucoup français um, what else am I going to say the French, <laughs> the French people are listening to you maybe I'm going to screen grab their responses to you <laughs> next time <laughs> <laughs> You're probably sure, laughing. Sure, my French isn't so good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. My, my French is not so good. C'est pour, ce n'est pas très bien. And you were really intimidating me, and it's not that good. Don't worry. <laughs> I, told you, I told you my moment is coming. I'm just being trying to be fair to you right now. Please, be fair for the rest of this conversation, please. Oh, that's so cute. That sounds really good. <laughs> so, tell me, Lulu, um... 
what are the kind of things you want to learn now? You already said you have a lot of things going on for you right now. You're probably stressed because you're trying to fit yourself into a lot of things. But then, uh, is there, are there things you really want to learn? Are there things you want to carry out? Are there things you want to execute? Tell me. Um, for learning, yes, there are you know, a couple of things I want to learn. But top on the list right now is learning to appreciate myself more. Yeah, which is what a lot of people should do too. I feel like quite a lot of people um, have not learned how to appreciate the wholeness that is them. That's one thing I want to learn how to do. Um, not to sound proud or anything. I actually feel like I'm a talented person to an extent, right? I feel like, you know, everything that I want to be is already inside of me. God has already put it inside of me. So I just need to learn to master them. I just need to, but for me to learn to master them, I need to first learn to live with myself. Okay. So understand that my flaws, my flaws are there for me to work on, but then it doesn't stop me from being a great person. Okay. Sometimes I just let, you know, my, my fears stop me from doing quite a lot of things. I, I feel like I'll be, I, I would have been bigger than I am now if I could have just learned to, you know, stay above, you know, my fears and all of that. So that's one thing I'm learning to do, learning to love myself more, learning to appreciate myself more. And until I master that, I'm not, you know, delving into anything new. Because if I don't master it, if I keep letting my fears um, or fears of my inadequacies rule me, I'm just going to keep jumping from stuff to stuff, hoping that, you know, one day I'm going to land in one stuff that's going to make me big. But everything that is going to make me big is already inside of me. I just need to find myself first so yeah mm, find yourself are you using a touch light because there's there's no nepal light though. you know funny enough eh, i'm actually my, my touch light is actually on right now aha <laughs> uh -huh. so you're using touch light to find yourself is it big <laughs> yes. enough it's not it's not big enough it's my phone touch is your phone touch the light it's the lights when we're having the conversation. You see, so my you see now that. So how do you want to find yourself with no lights in this country? <laughs> I mean, maybe Nigeria is not just for me. Maybe I should go go to another country that have lights for us. Hey guys, uh, Lulu, Lulu wants to run. Okay, if y'all all have, if y'all have any country you want for her, um, please send us a message so that we can package Lulu and send to you over there. How, how about that? Did I did I do a proper announcement for you? <laughs> that that's gonna be fine. Please, I like francophone countries. You're already and, speaking French. You know, Remember. And the U yes, and the UK. No, what's because you know UK is not French speaking now. I know just francophone countries like in the Europe or not in Africa, please. And <laughs> <laughs> and the UK. That's where I want to go to. Because ah, I don't think I'm supposed to be in this uh, country like this. Hmm. Okay. Well, it was nice. Uh, nice having you here. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you know, if you allow me with this conversation, yeah, talking to you is quite interesting. Like I could talk for the next. It's been amazing. Forty-seven minutes so far. Whoa, that's big. Did you know what time was running that fast? Huh? I thought it was like a twenty-minute conversation right now. Oh wow! Wow! Wow, you've been grinding me here for the past 48 minutes, going to 49. So at this point in time, I'm going to let you go because I have to still still towards my nightlife. Yeah, I have yeah. a show called All About Nightlife, 
where I have to tone down my voice and then talk in a bedroom turn, read poetry, have a conversation with people who are really happy, bothered, angry, sad, uh, happy, happy. How many times did I mention happy? Okay, happy. Two happy. times. Okay, yeah. So it's basically nightlife. And uh, today is um, the introduction. I, I was doing it before and then I had some, like you said, passion is not enough. <laughs> so. It's not. I mean, we need, we need the moolah at some point. So. Yeah, but for me, that's what it is. So, so don't worry. If you hang around, you're probably going to get involved with nightlife. Today is just introduction. Uh, I just want to introduce nightlife again, just so that we can kick off. Okay, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for giving me so much company. That's quite amazing. Yeah, I had so much fun to have this conversation. All right, guys, uh, you've had Lulu. She's, she did a, a little bit of French. So every one of you that know that she didn't do well, please send us a message and tell us uh, Lulu should not try it again. If you think she tried, <laughs> uh, huh, it's, it's, not, it's not like me. I'm swiping you. I'm just just saying it. Like, if they feel like you didn't do it well, like we have French-speaking people right now who are using converting machines to figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you if y'all think that she didn't say it right, uh, please just send a message. I'm going to send it to her straight up. Okay, this is what I said to you. Don't speak French anymore. You're not, <laughs> you're not good with it. And then if you think you want to teach her how to speak French, well, please bring please, it on. I love that. I'm sure it's part of the package you want to learn. Okay, yeah. probably because you didn't mention it. I thought you were going to mention it. Like I want to learn how to speak French. Fluently. I'm actually I'm actually already doing that. I go to school for that, like a diploma course right now. F to speak for French? Yeah, actually. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, wow. I thought we figured it all out. <laughs> <laughs> I, said it, I, said it, I said it when I was saying stuff in French now. Oh. But you don't understand French. You can get it. You can imagine. You can, uh, come on. Just come on. We're going. Time, your, your time has inspired here for now. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, guys, stay tuned. This is the Radio Apprentice with Lulu, and you're listening to our Radio Live podcast. I'll be right back with our Vault Nightlife. <laughs> 